Initiating upload. Snowman in the morning. Upload activated. This has been a second floor basement production. We will take the shot. Will he make the bigger impact? Off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the tagger? Welcome to Snowman in the Morning. Here's your host, Brian Snow. Damn. Damn, 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 and I repeat. Damn. Just plain damn. This thing gets more and more stupid by the moment. Welcome to Snowman in the Morning. Those are just my initial thoughts on the news that came down about the college football season. We'll get into that. We'll get into a lot more. I don't think I have an Incredible Smile Fab Five this morning. I only got a couple things on the docket. My partner is Cole Johnson. Dare I ask, how are you with the news that came down? Uh, busy as ever, <laughs> but uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not either, but the fan in me has taken over. I've got to, I, I got to say this. The fan in me has taken over. And when the news came down from the Big Ten, damn. But uh, but to repeat your sentiment, I'm not surprised, especially with um, the Mid-America Conference canceling fall sports for 2020. Now one of the Power Five conferences go down. The Pac-12 is next. And... College football just may be punted for 2020. Now, there is a flip side to this coin, and the flip side is Trevor Lawrence, who has started a petition with other uh, college football athletes joining him saying, we want to play. I don't know, man. To begin today, I am torn. I'm absolutely torn. I want the kids to have their own choice, but I also want them to be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the whole college football landscape is pretty much just as torn as you are. You know, I mean, you eloquently stated what the big 10 is doing. Pac 12 is pretty much falling suit and falling in line with what the big 10 wants. On the other side of the corn, you had the SEC and the ACC fighting for it. Mm-hmm. I'm fighting for the season to still be continuing in the fall to the point where <laughs> uh, Clay Travis interviewed the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, and mm-hmm. and and he basically said, "Well, <laughs> if the Big Ten decides to shut down their season, why don't the SEC and the ACC open their doors and open their school up to recruit these players, and they can play here at ACC school in the fall?" Wow. That wow. is how that along with uh seeing a a tweet from Donald Trump saying that he wants he wants to see college football, that pretty much gives you a really good clue as to how desperate many of these people are in wanting to see things get back to normal. But when the- you actually can debate 18 to 22 year olds needing to play. And yes, I'm with you. Trevor Lawrence wanting to form, mm-hmm. I guess you could say a union mm-hmm. is it, admirable and I understand it, but, uh, but time we had to say safety over performance, safety and health over everything else. I mean, Kane Coulter who played at Northwestern tried the same thing with the, with forming a union and got shut down. Trevor Lawrence, I think Trevor Lawrence is doing this for two reasons. One, he wants to play, and 
he and some of the Tigers, you know, want to get back to the national championship and admirable as it is, but I have a second reason. And after listening to uh, different reports, I'm not saying this is a selfish move to be a bad thing, but he is the number one pick in 2021 in the spring. And whoever picks him has plenty of film to go over. But at the same time, if you are Trevor Lawrence, you need to play because you want to put some good film out there for whoever the team that, that drafts you. And again, there's that double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it totally is about, well, at least with Trevor Lawrence, it totally is about, well, competition in the near future and draft stock in the distant future. Although we're talking distant as in eight and a half months, but still distant for him nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the motivation for him is a little more personal if you, well, if you're like us and you dig down into the weeds and you actually look at it for what it's worth. But you do have others who don't have that high of draft stock and don't really have as much to look forward to toward the upcoming season. You know, other players from other schools, they they aren't really up or vying for a national championship right. and they want to be on board with what Trevor Lawrence is saying. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, again, that area is also torn as well. Yeah. It's, it's right down. It's, it's right down the middle with everything and the big 10 making their announcement on Monday saying, nah, we ain't putting these students in jeopardy. I don't blame them at all. I really, really, really don't. But I don't either. I did hear, and you, you we got to visit this. I did hear a suggestion. My buddy Rod Peterson, who has a fabulous show, and I'm hoping to get Rod on in the next couple of days, put a suggestion out there that a big part of me agrees with. Can the students sign a waiver? Can that be possible? And then they and then they do play. The flip side of that coin, we got a lot of flip side to the coins today. If the students do sign a waiver and say a big name like Trevor Lawrence does contract the coronavirus, does it hamper him in the immediate future? Or does it hamper him in the long future, in the distant future, as as, as you said? There are so many questions to this, with the Big Ten bringing mm-hmm. out their with the Big Ten bringing out their announcement. But again, a shout to Rod Peterson for for the suggestion that he that he put out there. I would love to see college football this fall, but to yeah. say this year has been weird would be a gross understatement. Very gross. And this, yeah, I have to admit, even outside of sports, this has been the weirdest year of my life. Agreed. <laughs> Good, bad, and indifferent. Agreed. So, yeah, I mean. Holy cow, it's been crazy. Ah, oh, man. And to put the real nasty, well, green elephant in the room. Yeah, please you do. Talk about, you, talk about, you talk about waivers, and you talk about... Um, uh, permission and risks for the NCAA, which I mean, they just in football alone make billions a year. Mm-hmm. Just in football, we're not even talking about the other sports they they put on. Oh no uh, the, the 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 question I know they have in their minds is: Should one of these students, or should a big name, or should many of these big be, these big names mm-hmm. contract? Uh, the coronavirus during the time they practice or during the time they play one of these games, would either they, the parents of the player, the school of the player, or me thereof sue the NCAA? 
I know that is a forefront thought mm. in the minds of those who are in Indianapolis. I know it is. Yes, it is. I know it is. Yes, it is. I'm just going to hate not seeing college football this year, but at the behest and the safety of the students, punt. Live to fight another day. Live to play another day. Yeah, and one one popular idea that they're kicking around is, even though um, I, I I see this being a little harder to to do, considering that normally the spotlight is on college basketball around the time, is doing spring football. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but you know what? I'm sort of I'm, with you. I'm Punt. going. Yeah. If you do it in the spring, it's going to throw the entire axis of college athletics way off. It's going to throw it way off because then if you do a spring football season, now you're in competition with possibly the Final Four and college baseball and spring sports. Right. Right. But as weird as this sounds. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the Power Five can pull the trigger, but have it set in such a way where I don't know. Because if you begin right after the Super Bowl, you might, might have enough time and enough weeks in the season where you can have fans spread all over the place and really concentrating on your product, which could make the NCAA drool in and of itself. I mean, how would you like it if you punted on the false on, on fall sports and two fall sports mm-hmm. that I cover in college get a lot of attention? That's football and that's volleyball. Right. Do you know, mm-hmm. and I'm throwing an idea out there, don't know if it'll stick. Do you know how much attention would be on the NCAA beginning the weekend after the Super Bowl up until June if you were to run a shortened spring football season just to get the kids to play and just to make sure that we're on the other side of this pandemic? And the more I sit here and think about it, the more I sit here and think about it, this is a stupid idea, but it could be one hell of a payoff. Especially if you want to invoke the college football playoff into this. Now, there would be a ton of logistics. A ton. A ton of logistics that would have to be worked out. Okay? But the potential... Yeah. But let's be real. The potential... Oh, boy. Now, when you when you put it in that way, the fact that you said that they would have the virtual spotlight in the sports sphere, mm-hmm. with the exception of maybe opening day weekend in, in, in MLB and maybe a round or two in the NBA playoffs mm-hmm. from the time the Super Bowl ends, which is the first Sunday in, in February till June. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, I know the NCAA will probably salivate from that idea. Mm-hmm. If, if the power five conferences are saying, all right, we'll be good with spring football instead of having us do our normal spring games, which yes, that draws revenue for the schools too, doesn't it? I mean, spring football. Uh, think about it: spring football and sixty thousand people. And I'm being, I'm, I'm being short with that number. You'd be generous and conservative. Yep. Yes. How can you be generous and conservative at the same time? Insert joke here, and I'll leave it at that. I'm being generous with 60,000. And let's use the SEC as an example. Ooh. Neyland Stadium, Knoxville, Tennessee, spring game, mm-hmm. and you still put 60,000 people. 
Imagine in the spring, if you hype it the right yeah. way, mm-hmm. that a spring game can bring you 100,000 people. Yipe. Just imagine the sites that we normally would be accustomed to in, in October would be April. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I mean, it, it, it's... <laughs> For a sports fan, it 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 could make you salivate, and mm-hmm. I think for any any person involved in the NCAA, that probably would make them salivate too, and be like, "Oh, so we can have this colorful pageantry, pageantry uh, to adorn the Final Four, push the college season back to where the playoffs and college football won't coincide with Final Four stuff." Yeah. Get the regular season stuff popping off in the the big time games, you know the yes the you, you, you know, USC go, and Notre go Dame conference go the, conference only and put the rivalry games in there as fill ins. Okay, you don't yeah. want to do too yeah. much because you have a short no, no, no. window. You have mm-hmm. a very short yeah. window. You want USC Notre Dame. You want Clemson South yeah. Carolina. We get North right. Carolina North Carolina State as as in conference. Okay. Hell, mm-hmm. let let me go to your home. You got Tennessee, Memphis, because Memphis mm-hmm. has gotten very popular very fast. Yeah, I mean it's just the the thought the thoughts just simply can roam mm-hmm. and and run rampant. You know, yeah. you have some of those games some of those games happen in April, the others in May. I mean, it just the the possibilities are endless. I mean, it is absolutely endless. But if the safety of these athletes are paramount, mm-hmm. that's what I really hope yeah. more than anything. If the safety of these players are paramount, all this is a moot point. And yep. I hope it is, in my opinion. You punt on I the really college do. football season and wait till we get beyond this pandemic. And you do it right and come back in 2021. And you also want to add this. Everyone that's a senior... Well, everyone that's a student athlete gets this year of eligibility added on. That I hope. That is something I hope. I hope if college football is canceled for the year and college basketball too, if yep. that happens in the winter. Yep. That and in the course other sports too. Not mm-hmm. not not just the not just the two biggest revenue generating sports in college college athletes. But the other, just college athletes in general. Yeah. If you're a college athlete, you have, you don't lose a year eligibility. I really believe if that were to happen, I would love, 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 love. And it's just basically coming from the standpoint of I really care about these athletes and care about them as human beings and people more than my lust of seeing them play. Mm -hmm. I would, I would love for, no sports to happen until it is ready and ripe for all of us to really enjoy watching them and enjoy playing them. And enjoy and, seeing the fans pile in and enjoy to that, all yeah, stadiums. Enjoy that. Enjoy, enjoy that. Because we rarely hear these from athletes, but you know it's you know it, you know it's true. You get you get pumped when you are in a place, whether you are a road or a home uh, player, you get pumped mm-hmm. when you're in this atmosphere of people who are tuned in to see what you're doing. Absolutely. To do that in an empty arena, empty field, empty diamond, empty rink is a different feel. And we can be all about, well, hey, they televise it. We still get our Jones on just by watching it. But it, cool, ain't the sa- it ain't the same. I've but been to a, I've, I've been to some college same. football. I've been to some college football games. I've flown over the checkerboard on a trip to Tennessee. I've flown over Neyland, Neyland Stadium. All right. I've been in Ryan Field at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've been in Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City. And all I could do at the time was just imagine seeing that place, hmm. seeing those places full to the brim mm-hmm. in person. Neyland Stadium is like a bucket list. 
Neyland Stadium is like a bucket list of hours. And yes, I say hours because Dr. K wants to see Neyland Stadium. Oh, gosh, yes. That's that's a that's a paramount now. But mm-hmm. I want to be beyond this pandemic, no matter the good numbers, the bad numbers, or whatever. And being a person, yes. I'm sick and tired of wearing a mask. I know it's necessary. <laughs> I absolutely know it's I absolutely know it's necessary. Don't get it twisted. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely mm-hmm. know it's necessary. Mm-hmm. But doggone it. Sometimes I got trouble just trying to breathe in that in that doggone thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying. It's, it's not my... something that I enjoy either. But I mean, <laughs> if, if if we if we have to do it and it helps, okay, fine. Yeah. I I will, I will sacrifice that absolutely because it's a it's, to me it's a very amount of sacrifice. And and wear a mask, fine, okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The one thing that does get on my nerve, and I mean this jokingly, sometimes when I wear a mask, I breathe into my glasses. Oh, gosh, yes. And temporarily, I I can't see a thing. My wife goes, honey, what's wrong? My glasses are (laughs) fogged up, and they're fogging up every 30 seconds. And she starts laughing because she's complained about the same thing. (laughs) Oh gosh! The, the the first time I did wear one, <laughs> I was not ready. And this was about I'm thinking the very latter latter part of March, early April. I was not ready for it. I was not ready for it. And it and the the weather was a little cooler at the time. Yep. Oh, you know, here and I'm breathing, and my glasses fog up. <laughs> and it's taking far too long for the fog to clear. So I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna hate this mess. I'm gonna take this sucker off. <laughs> and you want to so badly. We're having fun with this, folks. You want to so badly. Matter of fact, let let me go to a break, and we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna have some fun. I have the owner and promoter of Ignite Wrestling, Kim Artlip, on the docket. Mike DeBate will join me, and y'all will hear a replay of a conversation that I have with seven-time Pro Bowler Richmond Webb will help fill everything out. And mask antics after the break. Snowman in the morning, powered by FPC Radio, along with SDM Sportsnet and Sports Carolina Monthly. Mask antics. Back in a flash. Snowman of the morning back in your ears for another day. We're working on uh, some video things. We're going to add them soon, but I made a promise that I wouldn't add the video until everything is in place and everything is right, which is what college athletics should do as far as this pandemic goes. Cole Johnson and the snowman here with you. And you know what? I know it's necessary to wear a mask out in public. They've made it so here in North Carolina. But I hate breathing in that thing. (laughs) this is one of the few times i don't have an incredible smile fab five especially with the college football news coming down and i got uh three good guests coming on including a replay of an interview with one richmond webb so we're gonna have a little fun here today and do a little potluck episode i hate breathing in that mask i hate it and it's hot it fogs up my glasses Wife complains about the same thing. And by the time we get in the car, we're so ready to crank that thing up and just let the air conditioner blow. <laughs> mm. Oh gosh. I, I, I can I can think of so many personal jokes that I can actually levy upon myself and wearing those masks too. <laughs> now the rule is the rule is 
it must cover your mouth as well as your nose. I, right. I sometimes yeah. cheat and don't have it covering my nose, and I've gotten busted <laughs> for it a few times. Mm-hmm. Because when I had my old morning job, they would tell me all the time, it has to cover your nose. Problem is, I can't mm. breathe. Mm. Like, it has to cover it has to cover your nose. All right, fine. First time I covered my nose, I fogged, I fogged up my glasses. Mm-hmm. And it took 20 minutes to clear my glasses. I had to, I had to pull them off. I was so mad. I mean, it, it is a it is a nuisance. <laughs> it, it is. If I if I were to say otherwise, I'd be lying to you and to everybody else. It is a nuisance. So I so I I get why some of these people go absolutely eight. You know what? Yes. In the fact that they don't want to wear them, I do get it. I you so live in a state I. where. <laughs> you live in a state where people are, are are feeling that energy, and some are just basically saying "f you" to it. Yep, as yep. do I. I've seen so, it. I've seen I've it. Seen it with my own, <laughs> I've seen my own four eyes. And with yours, it, it's. I understand the energy. Mm-hmm. I understand the energy. It's, yep. it's like I don't want anyone to tell me I want to walk out in the in, in <laughs> wearing something that's going to inhibit what I normally do and how I normally go about things. I get it. Right. But it's like what you said about, you know, about college football. I I get it. However, if this means this helps and not being contagious to other people, all right, fine. I'll swallow it. So be it. I'll do it. I'll wear it. Heck, I'll even make some. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I had a friend make some for me with my show's logo on it. And people mm-hmm. are saying when they when they see me and they see it, <clears throat> and they go, oh, that is so cool that you have your show's logo on it. Yeah, but I got to pull this thing off so I can breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I get why it needs to be done. Totally understand it. We're just having a little fun on the flip side of this to keep everything light. So people understand, you know, we are not, we're not making light of this, but we're just having a little fun with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beg your pardon. I'll tell you something that's funny. Um, mm-hmm. When the mask order came down, mm-hmm. we were driving to work early one morning. I'm talking like 4.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And first of all, Wife and I are looking at each other going, what are we doing up? (laughs) And I said, honey, I don't know. And it's a long drive for us. It's a good 45 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to make sure we got the right energy, the right sugar rush. And I went in the building and forgot my mask. Oops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that turned into a short day. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure it did. <laughs> Wife says, "Just go back and just go back and wait for us." And it wasn't I couldn't. It's not that I couldn't go out to my car and get my mask. My mask was at home. My mask was at home. (laughs) And I didn't feel like driving some 40 minutes back home and another 40 minutes back to Durham. Eh, I'll swallow it and take the L for the day. I went to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. I understand. I mean, uh... <laughs> I, I remember one time I was reading a story when I uh, at work, and uh, it was it was when people were trying to get an understanding as to the 
true protocol as to how to wear masks. Mm-hmm. And there were people who would there were people who would just wear wear them, you know, you know, as soon as they get out of their house, yeah, until they got back in it. And it was to the point where I read a story. I think this was out of Ohio, where there was a couple of one vehicle accidents. Yeah. And the cause of it was they were saying that people just were wearing their masks for hours on end. And that's, I don't know if I want to do that. So it didn't done on me until I think it was about mid-April or so, where I said, okay, well, I'll wear the mask. I ain't doing it in the car. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not wearing my mask in the car. You can think mm. I couldn't <laughs> and, do it. Yeah, you know, ever since yeah, ever since then I was fine. But yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I ain't wearing my mask in the car. No. And that's not happening. <laughs> no, I mean, sir. Not happening. It would be times where she and I would have my wife and I would have to choose who's getting out of the car and actually running the errand. It would depend on who had their mask in the car. Now, she, mm-hmm. smart woman always carries her mask in her purse. Me, standing mm-hmm. six foot five, only has pockets. And sometimes I forget to load it with my mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know yeah. what I did once? I went to a Speedway to get some drinks for my wife and I. And mm-hmm. the sign said, face covering required. Like, oh, damn. And I don't have my mask on me. So I'm trying to think of a way to improvise. Mm-hmm. And I kept reading the signs. Like, oh, face coverings. Watch this. I took part of my T-shirt and I covered my face. I covered my nose and my mouth. Went in, mm-hmm. got the drinks necessary, paid for them, and mm-hmm. got out. <laughs> oh, man. They have since changed that sign for it to say masks required, and I'm glad they did. I'm so glad they did, yeah. and I'm so glad the people are paying attention to to that rule. All right, let's shift gears mm-hmm. and bring up a subject we uh, brought up yesterday. Why is James Harden in the MVP conversation? It still hasn't <laughs> sat well with me. haven't figured this out by now oh i figured it out i figured it out you explained it so eloquently yesterday but it was still sitting on me when we wrapped up and Mm -hmm. my wife comes out the booth she looks at me and she says you still have a lot to say don't you yep and she just looked at me and goes who's the victim so Sir, and I still have people throwing the question at me. I have people, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it. And I bring up a quote that you brought to me from one Daryl Morey. And I think you know the quote I'm talking about. If I do, that's hilarious. And I will leave this to you by saying, and I'll I'll leave this to you and have you answer said question mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. saying, Daryl Moore, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> Paint the picture really fast for you. Now, for those who are not familiar with the name Daryl Morey as the general manager of the Houston Rockets, he used to be affiliated with the Celtics in the front office there before he became the Rockets GM. And his philosophy is one that Charles Barkley rails against. He is an analytics guy. 
so into analytics is Mr. Mori that he actually admitted that he does not watch the product on the court. So have that marinate in your head for a sec. GM, who is supposed to evaluate talent, doesn't watch the product. That, that makes a lot of sense, right? I digress. So you, you have this guy. <laughs> so you have this guy who doesn't watch the product on the court, who has done wonderful things for the NBA, such as ruining their bag in, in getting rid of having kind of be a partner for the league. Not the Rockets, the whole entire league. The whole league. <laughs> Last year, I believe it was June, he was bold, brash, and and out there, along with his analytical takes and his analytical uh, analysis, in saying that Mr. James Harden is the best offensive player in NBA history, and even when challenged with even better than Michael Jordan, he said, well, <laughs> by how Harden operates in every facet on the offensive side of the floor, he is by far, yes, by far the best offensive player in the 73, close to 74 year history of the National Basketball Association. Never mind the fact that, that many players above James Harden averages more than he has had in his entire career. Never mind that he doesn't average for his career 30 points uh, thirty points per game. And in my estimation, and help me out, Mr. Snow, <laughs> two gentlemen who have done that. <clears throat> Only two. <laughs> One of them is the aforementioned person that, he, that, that Mr. Moore compared James Harden to, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. The other is Will Chamberlain. Bingo. So how is it that you see? This gentleman here who found, I guess you could say he found a, a, a magic elixir to be revolutionary in the step back travel. I mean, step back three. <laughs> he puts up about, I don't know, two, no, I will say 300 of those types of shots. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and he probably makes a third of them probably gets called for a follow on a third of them and bricks a third of them. And game you have seven, the audacity to two years ago. <laughs> game six last year against a certain team I don't have to name. And 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 that's not and and that's not the game that upsets me about Harden. But you say this guy who basically does a step back three, he, and then that basically is that that and the fact he dribbles like a glow trotter between his legs and behind his back, and turns the ball over step, a third of the time. Let me see, step back three, glow trotter dribbling, and 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 basically a drop step pass. I mean the. the <laughs> those are the, those are the three things that he. This are the three things this guy has done in his. T- Years in the NBA, and he is the greatest offensive player in the history of the NBA. Okay, greatest offensive players in the history of the NBA does not have performances such as Game Six, not 2019, but 2017 Western Conference Semifinals, where in San Antonio. <laughs> where he played, he played the opponent where he actually had pretty good success against them in that series, and he puts up six points. He has as many points, he has as many fouls as points in that game, and he turned the ball over ten times. So this dynamic offensive juggernaut when the chips are down and the coals are hot underneath the feet, 
he turns in those types of performances and you call him. Oh, and he was two for 10 for the field in that game. He put feet to fire when normally that's the only one the time a great offensive player shines. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like Jordan scoring, oh, I don't know, 45 when he had a flu. Uh, <laughs> and played in spurts, y'all. You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, just, just those things like that. Where I could just off the top of my tongue, just reel them off. Even LeBron James gave you a 45, 15, and 6 performance in a playoff game. And it was an elimination game. Harden? No, sir. No. No, no, no. But, hey, you know what you're talking about, Mr. Morey, because obviously you look at this, you say that Harden is the guy. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, 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 answer this question for me, sir. I'm how listening. is that royalty check that you were drawing from, uh, from Hong Kong these days? How, how's that <laughs> going for you? Oh, you're not drawing one anymore. My bad. Floor is yours, sir. <laughs> Daryl Morey. <clears throat> And you can insert joke here, as I said earlier. The best offensive player is James Harden. I hate to inform you of this, and you're much older than I, and I've been watching basketball only since 1980. But Magic Johnson, in one game six, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, put on a better performance than James Harden has ever done in a playoff game. And you know the best part of that performance? Two things. One, Magic Johnson, or actually three. One, Magic Johnson was a rookie. Two, he had 42 points, 15 rebounds, and seven assists. And three, the best part of that, even though my team at the time was the Sixers because I love Julius Irving, Magic did Mm -hmm. not turn the ball over. Once. He didn't turn the ball over like James Harden did or does. That step back travel. Sorry. Step back three is a Well, hell. Step back three is a travel. Come on. James Harden. And I know I'm going to I know I'm going to make my co-host laugh when I say this. James Harden is trying to be a bearded Stephen Curry and it ain't working. Oh, good Lord. Well, if he's trying to be a beer, Steph- on Curry, that dude has to uh, go back in the lab and be in it for a few years before he's ready to be that. Yeah, he has to. I hate to say this, James Harden fan. He has to learn how to play correctly. <clears throat> Oops. Mm. And on top of that, he has to wait for it. Learn how to be a better teammate. I think about that. <laughs> he had now the only issue. The only issue. mention the, the not mention. The only issue about the following player about the mention is health. Outside of that, Mister Harden had. In my estimation, the best possible teammate he could have had that that he possessed. I'm talking about Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. All Harden had to do, this is all he really had to do, was when the two of them shared the floor, Harden should have reverted to being a shooting guard. And basically, to me, that is what he is. (laughs) <laughs> He's a shooting guard that plays point guard. If you he want to call him a sh- to shooting guard. If you want to call him a shooting guard. And that guard. Chris Paul, <laughs> who who actually knows how to be a playmaker in the NBA and always shapes forms of fashion, let him run the team when the both of you are on the floor. But no, Mr. Harden, the <laughs> ego had to get to you. It had to be so vast and so great and so large that even when Paul was on the floor, a perennial all-star point guard 
you had to have control of the ball. Why? Why would you want to handicap your team? You're better off the ball. All this pretty good off the ball that you supposedly are better off the ball. Now, I'm sorry. What was that you, word you inserted? I could have sworn ball, you said, I could have sworn that you said supposedly. No I could have sworn you just inserted the word supposedly. I could have sworn you could have said suppose. I could have sworn I heard the word supposedly in your sentence. Just slip that word in there. I'm so sorry. Don't be. I just slipped supposedly in there. <laughs> Don't be sorry. <laughs> we tell the truth here on this program. <laughs> like the other shows. I just don't get that. <laughs> he was so upset the fact. That he was so upset at the fact that Paul had the audacity to demand having the ball more, and I'm like, why? Didn't you recruit? Didn't you heavily try to recruit this guy to be on the team to be in that role? Yep. <laughs> then he gets on the team, say f you for playing that role. What sense does that make? None. <laughs> Absolutely none. <laughs> that is what has always frustrated me. When you and when you mention not a great teammate, that will always be crystal clear. Can I get the a prime example of why at that point is correct? Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? <laughs> because I've always thought you, that. I've always thought that when he got to Houston. <laughs> You know, I I, I I I I wanted to not believe it with the with, with the Dwight Howard thing, but I was like, okay, I'll let you go. I'll let you go with that. Okay, so you know, you know, Dwight's a little strange, and yeah, you know, he may have ruffled a few feathers. You may have had a hand in that, Mister Harden, but you know what? I'll give you, I'll forgive you for that. When stuff happened with Chris Paul, I'm thinking, okay, though, no, this is an isolated incident. This is you. This is you. Not only do you want to be the best player on the floor, you want to be the only player on the floor for your team. <laughs> so, unfortunately, although I know you're Russell Westbrook, the countdown's on. I want to know when you're going to take Brody off and then number zero says the same thing that Dwight Howard and Chris Paul have said to you. Your whack beard, bye. You know that's coming. I give it... One year. I give it one year. Let's play over and under. I say one year before Russell Westbrook bids adios and finishes his career with the Lakers. And, yes, I said that aloud because Russell Westbrook wants to go home, but he don't want to play with LeBron. Oops. That what that's the flip. You know, all this time, seriously, <laughs> I did not really get because I, I, I had a feeling that, that that Russ wanted to go back to L.A. and would be fine playing for the Lakers. But I did not. And I'm being serious. I'm not even trying to be funny, but I did not understand what I did not fully grasp why he wouldn't want to entertain playing for the Lakers. And I was like, oh, that's right. I forgot. Number 23, the one who on cue. We're not even past year number two yet. And 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 Mr. I'm the greatest player in the world is already saying that we have problems in the locker room and and we're not in sync and all the crap that you heard when he was a cab the first time, a heat and a cab the second time. I mean just on cue, not even two years in to his Laker tenure. Right and on you're hearing cue. the same garbage. Right on cue. Right on not cue. Even two, not even two years in. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is this is probably the only time I will take a playful shot at my partner, at my co-host, and say the following four words: "I told you so." I don't mind you putting, putting that shot in my on that one. 
Fine. <laughs> you did. I'm glad you I did. To- I, to- <laughs> I told you when the deal went down before the Warriors but, decided to yell checkmate. <laughs> it's going to be the same thing. And James Harden now, is a mirror image. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. Okay, now to be fair, I did not say that the that LeBron was going to have a wonderful career as a Laker. But you <laughs> basically you basically were saying that you're on record as saying that uh, the Lakers ain't gonna they ain't gonna touch a championship in his uh, tenure there. It's looking more and more like for the exception of if Anthony Davis stays there. That's the only reason why I would probably balk at that. Otherwise, if things go the way it has gone the first two years, the next year it could go the same way, and yep. LeBron may LeBron may opt out for the fourth. So that's what's going to yeah, happen. He may opt out of he, he may opt out of this uh, opt out out of this year. Mm-hmm. No, because Anthony Davis is going home. Anthony, that's the only that's the only caveat. That right there is the only caveat. If if Davis stays a Laker, I can see them hoisting number seventeen in the air mm-hmm. within the next couple of years. I'll give you that. If I'll give you that. If he's not, yeah. If he's not on the team, if it's just LeBron and hang it up, not happening. The the number of championships you see LeBron has now, that's the same number of championships he's going to have when he retires. And if they don't win it after this Three. year, he's gone. Anthony Davis is a one-year – I've said this, and I'll keep saying it, even if people don't believe me, and I don't care. Anthony Davis is a one-year rental who is giving the aura that he wants to stay in Los Angeles, but he doesn't. Anthony Davis wants to go home. And for those of you that are familiar with me and familiar with how I scope basketball – Home is Chicago. We'll touch that later on this week. Uh, Excuse me. Kim Artlip, the woman in charge of Ignite Wrestling, is next. And then Mike DeBate will kick off Hour 2. Snowman in the morning, powered by Sports Carolina Monthly, FPC Radio, and the SDM Sports Network. We'll continue back in a flash. 